Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome back. It's a great song right here. A little slower, but good stuff. All right. Welcome back to the Saturday show. Michelle Bodkin, Jay Catch, along for the ride here. And uh, Michelle, uh, we typically in this segment do what we call five minutes of. So I, I want to kind of uh, talk about a couple of things. Uh, I mentioned the fact we talked Utah football and getting ready for spring ball. Obviously, there's all kinds of storylines on that front. BYU is now two weeks in uh, to their spring ball. And a lot of their storylines going in were... Uh, Obviously, the quarterback situation is Keaton Slovis looking the part. Uh, in the short, uh, what do you call it? The the spurts, I guess I'd call it, that we, we've been able to see as a media core. Uh, Slovis has shown that he understands what BYU is trying to do. Obviously, looking good in practice versus looking good in games are two different things. Uh, I could I could name about. 10 different, at least 10 in my short time uh, covering college football of guys that were uh, what I like to call practice all-stars. Right. Like, look just absolutely phenomenal on the practice field. All of a sudden, they get in the game, and it was like, who's that? Because that's not what I... Like, what happened? Exactly. <laughs> so, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how he makes uh, the transition. Obviously, now this is his third college football program. The other thing about BYU is, I've got to say, Jay Hill is just energy personified. Hmm. Holy smokes, y'all. I, I I knew his reputation. I, he'd done really, really good things at Weber State. Right. Was very highly thought of at Utah. But, oh my goodness. He is, like, the energy level. He is just everywhere and anywhere at all times. Uh, I was talking with, who was I talking with? Somebody down there at BYU. And they brought up the point that uh, he is just... He's lifting with the team. He's in the weight room, like tapping guys on the shoulder. He's engaged in every aspect of this program. His official title is defensive coordinator and associate head coach. And Michelle, I got to tell you, he is just, he is as engaged with BYU as I've seen anybody in many, many years. Well, I think, I, I think he needs to be. And I'll say this it's BYU's had a very critical conjecture where they don't necessarily have all the horses they need, sure, but they need buy-in. The best way you can get guys to buy in and work 10,000 times harder is if you show that you're willing to work 10,000 times harder. And I think that's exactly what Jay's doing. And that's how you endear guys to go a little above and beyond mm-hmm. their punching weight. Well, and, and that exactly, I th- you nailed it because you're right. They are going into the Big 12 here and... <laughs> 
stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I look at what BYU is going up against, and I do think that they have they've tried to prepare themselves as much as possible, like investment wise. Like they're investing, I I I could lay out everything they've invested in, and I wouldn't even I get all of it in terms of the overall investment from the athletic department and football and their other sports. BYU spending more money than they ever have. Mm-hmm. Just suffice it to say that. But you're right. In the football side of things, that's what drives everything. And I loved uh, – this is going back to that conversation we had at the end of the uh, 10 o'clock hour about the Pac-12 versus Big 12 debate. Robert C. Robbins was very upfront about – he's like, hey, yeah, I want Arizona basketball in the Big 12. It would be phenomenal to have that. But football drives this thing. Yeah. Football is driving the boat. And that, so getting back to BYU here – you're right. Buy-in can do a lot to help build BYU up to what they aspire to be. And I just got to say, I am super impressed with Jay Hill. Just because he easily could have come in and said, I'm the defensive coordinator. I'm caring about my guys over here. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the defense playing their thing. He is just as engaged with his defensive players, and he coaches the safeties. He, he is just as engaged with any one of his safeties, Malik Moore, on down that list of the safeties there, as he is with a running back or a third-string wide receiver. It's really, really fun to see, and it's really, in many ways, re-energized this program. And, they, and you're right, they absolutely needed it going into the Big 12. Yeah, uh, that that's one of the ways that you kind of cover up some deficiencies until you can actually address them. Uh, and, and I mean, just look at Utah and how their coaches operate. How many offensive guys have said <laughs> they hang out with Morgan Scally yeah. or Sharif Shah? Or so there's cross interest everywhere. I know a lot of the defensive players love Quinton uh, Quinton Qu- Ganther. Quinton Ganther, yeah. like. It's important to have that cross, I think, and have all of the coaches invested in everything that is going on and not just their group. That's how you build camaraderie. That's how you get everybody on the same page. That's how you get everybody working towards a common goal. Mm -hmm. And it has to start with the coaching staff. And you're right because they they set the tone for the culture. They can talk all the time about having uh, a player-run program. But the coaches set the tone. If they don't see it modeled, why why would the players why would the players run it? Well, and the other thing is that these are impressionable young men, eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old. Like they're they they need good examples of what leadership is that they can emulate. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to come off as saying that the the previous defensive staff at BYU was bad because they weren't. They had a lot of good experience. Ed Lamb had done incredible things at Southern Utah. And by the way, I expect him to make Northern Colorado actually a viable Big Sky program. He's proven that he can do that. The problem was is that it had gotten stale. Yeah, and that sometimes happens. That sometimes mm-hmm. happens. I mean, I you look at maybe you know someone like Guy Holiday, very great coach. Yeah, love Guy Holiday. Mm-hmm. But sometimes your time just kind of runs out someplace and and you're no longer making the progress that you need to be making. And that sucks. You you hate letting people (laughs) like that go because he's a good guy. 
uh, and he he's done a lot of great things for you, mm-hmm. but you know there there has to be a balance of pushing things forward, moving things forward, and still being a really great guy. Well, and some of the genius of Kyle Whittingham in particular, it's something that Kalani Satake I think is trying to emulate, is that Kyle has never let it truly get stale. Mm-hmm. Think about it. His his run is legendary, especially in this day and age of college football. Right. There's a reason why he is so uh, beloved by the national media because he's had an incredible run. He has never let it. He's never let it just kind of die on the vine. Kyle's getting towards the end. We all know this. It, yeah. It's the open secret that if you think that he's going to stick around for ten more years, I would tell you to reevaluate. Yeah, that that would be pushing it. <laughs> yeah, but to his credit. He's been at Utah for so long, and it so easily could have been. I, this is how we do things at Utah, mm-hmm. and it, it can get old. It just it, it it when you do the same thing over and over again, eventually the the lessons are like okay, okay, we we got it, coach. Yeah. To Kyle's credit, he has reinvented himself so many times, and that's the mark of a really good coach. And I got to give Kalani Satake credit. I've seen Kalani. I've covered him from day one of him showing up in Provo to today. To Kalani's credit, he has tried to. He, he's learned some hard lessons along the way. Kyle did too. You have to. It's the only way you get better. But to their credit, is they have they have tried to keep things relevant and make changes when necessary. Do I think that Kalani has taken longer than a guy like Kyle Whittingham might have on certain things? Yes, I do. But I also think that there are machinations inside the Utah athletic department, Utah football program that are different than how BYU and the BYU football program operates that may have led to some of those things. The the nice part is I think fans here locally just understand that both of these head coaches and these coaching staffs, there's total buy-in. These two, Kalani and Kyle, have surrounded themselves by guys that they're not just yes-men. They're not just these guys' homies that they hired to take a role. They're guys who are going to go out there and – they're hell-bent on proving themselves. It, it, and so much of that's because bonus, they, like, they don't have to be homies, but they are homies. Yes. They, they've yeah. all worked they, together. Yeah. They all have worked together. They all they have relationships, yeah. understand uh-huh. what it takes because they've all kind of come from the same place. Come on. You can trace all the way back to Lavelle Edwards. It came off the branch to Kyle Whittingham or Fred Whittingham to Kyle Whittingham and it's branched out from there and then now it's it's at both programs. Anyways, Splash some Ron McBride in there. (laughs) Yeah, it's just it's Yeah. Yeah, there there is a very, very linear path to how all of this has kind of shaken out and come to be at both programs. Mm -hmm. Uh and and I I think there's a reason why it works. Yeah. I think I there's a reason why it works. And so that so I guess if you're if you're a BYU fan looking for something, just understand that Jay Hill he has come in and it's just it, it, there's there, it's re-energized the entire program. He easily like I said he easily could have come in and said, all right, uh, I'm stepping down from being a head coach. I'm just going to focus on my defense over here. He he's he's literally taken the defensive. And by the way, the defensive thing is one thing, but he's taken also that title of associate head coach and understood you know what, I've got to be in all facets of this i gotta be engaged and i i'm excited i think that alone you're right it could cover up some of the deficiencies because byu does have deficiencies that's readily apparent if you look at that roster but it, this first year in the big 12 i think just the the, the vibes I, that's that's a real mm-hmm. that's a real invoke. the vibes could be really really different for byu even if they're actually record wise 
worse than they have been in the last three or four years. And one other point I yeah. want to make is credit to Kalani for not being threatened by Jay Hill sure, being yeah. involved. That yeah. also takes a big person. Yeah. Head coaches sometimes have a lot of ego and their thing is their thing and you uh-huh. all better step off and just do what I tell you to. Yeah. And, and to Kalani's credit to allow Jay to come in mm-hmm. and be such a big part of and, and again, not get the hackles up and, ooh, you're kind of stepping on my turf and, ooh, I, I don't want guys thinking that you're the one in charge because I'm the one in charge. Sure. And, it, it takes a really big person, and I think that was something that Kyle had to actually learn is to actually let go of stuff and let other people handle it. So Yeah, delegate. Yes. There is there is wisdom in that. and There is wisdom in the, that. In, uh, yeah. Anyways, it's just – it's very it, – it's, it's interesting to watch BYU how they're operating right now, at least in spring ball. And could it be a facade? Sure. But anything can be a facade out there. You'll find out really quickly when the bullets start flying. Exactly. If if the attitude immediately changes, <laughs> yeah, it was like then, okay, yeah, it was all a dog and pony show. And exactly. But it, but if they can keep with that, even when things get hard, and things will get hard. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Oh, they'll, I, I, they'll they'll get hard. I don't think BYU fans are any, under any illusion that they're going to waltz into the Big Twelve here and run that conference now. I don't. I don't think. The hard times will last forever, but it's going to be hard for a while. But if they can keep that same attitude, they'll eventually figure out how to turn it around. It'll be interesting. All right. uh, Well, I meant to talk to you about some other stuff here, but we'll talk about that on the other side. We'll take a break here. (laughs) Have a little extra, I guess, a longer final segment. Uh, Got a couple more things I want to touch on uh, on the RSL front. Also, with regards to just – what we expect from the weekend to come in in basketball. We'll get to all that next. This is the Saturday show on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and Get ready, because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.